Hello, everyone. Happy Valentine's Day. and <laughs> Welcome to Marvelous Movie Mondays. Kelsey reminded me like a minute before we went on air that we uh, that it's Valentine's Day today. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right, because this airs on Monday and uh, I'm not dressed accordingly. Uh, but but Kelsey is. She's got her couple shirt on. Uh, Kelsey, how are you doing? How's your shirt? I've, I have some lovebirds on my shirt. For that's those right. of you who are just listening, I've got my mm-hmm. WandaVision shirt on. So I've got Wanda cool. and Vision happening today nice. in honor of Valentine's Day, of course. Yes. Um, and of course, a big congrats to either the Bengals or Rams for winning because we're recording this pre-Super Bowl. This is right. airing post-Super Bowl. So one of those teams won. Major congratulations to whoever won that one. <laughs> or maybe both teams lost. Maybe both got disqualified and we're in for a historic moment. Um, anyway. Are you rooting for anyone in particular, Dale? It's tough because okay. going going into like two weeks ago, I was like, oh, whoever wins this AFC matchup between the Bengals and Chiefs is who I'll root for. But of course, because of how that game went, I was like, you know, it, it was not a very satisfying win. Uh, just being of a Chiefs household here where my roommate's a diehard Chiefs fan. We've kind of like become a Chiefs you know apartment because, you know, the other team that we root for here, the Giants, are not good at all. So like... <laughs> Right. It's like we want to root against the Bengals, but at the same time, like I've never been a huge Rams fan. But again, you know, Matthew Stafford is now a Ram and he hasn't won one. So it'd be nice to see him. It's funny because people are going to listen to this and be like, you, it happened. Um, But (laughs) I I, I guess I'm team. I don't know. I I really, I honestly, this is one where I'd be happy with either outcome. Whereas like in the past when it was like Eagles Patriots, I was like, I'd rather just like die in a hole. That whole night I was like, I cannot wait for this is us tonight because they were airing the big, crockpot episode that night i was like i just i'm just waiting for this is us i don't care if the eagles win or the patriots win i hope it's a negative score to negative score because i hate both teams but here it's least at least like both teams have merits to winning uh i'll be happy with either outcome but how, how about you kels who, who who were you rooting for on on saturday when we recorded this um where are the Bengals and the rams from so the rams are from la well the rams are okay. uh, we grew up with the rams in st louis but now they are in la and okay. um and uh the Bengals are in cincinnati which is in mm, Ohio. I don't particularly have hard opinions on either of those cities. Like if it okay. was a city that I, that I don't like if this, this answer would probably, is it, aren't the Bengals like the underdog or are they both kind of underdogs? I, I don't want to like miss speak, but I believe the Bengals have never won. So, and, and they going into this season, like they were not suspected to be Super Bowl champs. No. So, so they are technically them. the underdogs. Okay. Yeah. There you I go. I love a good underdog story. <laughs> we love a good underdog story. Speaking of, these Netflix shows have always been the underdog story ever since <laughs> Disney Plus came out and, and took over Marvel. And, uh, you know, people sometimes forget about these Marvel shows. And one of those shows we're going to be talking about is Daredevil. We did the half of the first season recap last week. Uh, this week we're doing the second half, episodes 7 through 13. So if you haven't seen those, we're going to spoil them. But feel free to stick around and listen anyway. Um, but, uh, Kelsey, I don't know if you have news, but the big piece of news, obviously, is that <laughs> we found out again hours ago or a day ago that... <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Marvel series on Netflix are all being taken off of Netflix and they've not announced whether they're going to Hulu, Disney plus or anywhere, but they will not be available to stream, which means our whole schedule because we were planning on watching all of daredevil until moon Knight, just got fucked. So um, yeah. <laughs> any thoughts on that? Like, are, are, cause right now we're at a hiatus. So after this, we will take a pause on daredevil. We're, we're going to recap season one here. We're going to finish that. And then we're going to wait to find out where these series are going to land. Cause we would hate to like, just stop in the middle of like season two. So we're just going to finish season mm-hmm. one. And then once those shows end up somewhere, even if it's on like DVD or Blu-ray, at least then we'll have something to watch. Um, mm-hmm. 
So this is the last you'll hear about Daredevil for at least three more weeks until we figure out where it's going to end up. But not on Netflix anymore. And there were also other shows I was looking forward to checking out, like Luke Cage and Jessica Jones. And all those are now out the window, too. Any thoughts? Yeah. Uh, well, Dill, first and foremost, I was confused because I was under the impression that these were all like Netflix shows like netflix they, like took part in making i thought them. so too yeah like they premiered on <laughs> uh, most of these except for i think agents of shield and agent carter premiered on netflix so like they were netflix originals technically um even though they were marvel yeah i, I think it's a so weird... this is troubling that they're yes. leaving netflix yes um so you know we improvise we are both trained in acting we can improvise <laughs> uh we actually competed in a acting competition doing improv where i uh, Kelsey tried to sell me a bear rug. Um, or did Are I try you, to sell you a bear rug? You were rug? selling me the bear rug. Oh, yeah. God. Don't. Well, I don't even know what the prompt was. but Because the way the acting competition worked was you picked out of a hat a scenario. And then you had a minute to prep it. And then a five-minute scene you just had to do. And you just got judged on that scene. Uh, Kelsey, yeah. you remember what the prompt was when we did it or no? It was something along the lines of like you. It was like the prompt was like $2,000 makeover. Or something like that. Or like home renovation makeover. Or something something like, that, yeah. like that. And I just remember we like we got our 30 seconds to prep. And I was like, Dill, one of us has to be foreign because that's just funny. And that is yes. like the only contribution I yes, made. Back in 2015, you know, that was humor back then. You know, yeah. The cultural, you know, we were, cultural we were appropriation dumb. Was, was dumb high school humor that we to be fair, I put was a little I put on like, but <laughs> all right we were dumb high schoolers for sure and to be yeah. fair i did put on like a russian accent i wasn't like you know making no, fun yeah, of it, like it, a marginalized yeah. demographic very very fair but yeah no it was an interesting scene and we did not place uh but it's, but it's fine <laughs> we we came pretty damn close i was we shitting bricks were we, were about we, thir- with them. were we third in room i can't remember we were we were uh, so they picked the top two from every room to go to finals and we were third in room which means yeah. the first runners up, which is in most people's cases, the first losers. Um, That's <laughs> fine. Anyway, we're here to talk about Daredevil. Any other news <laughs> you have, Kelsey? Cause I know there's been a lot of news. Uh, <coughs> any, any other news? No, that was my news. Is that, I'm that sorry. I, I took it out leaving. of your mouth. No, yeah, it's fine. Uh, another it's piece totally of news. Uh, we got two Oscar nominations for Marvel, both for visual effects, Shang-Chi that and, we did. and Spider-Man. Uh, we kind of knew one of those was probably going to get in. I predicted Spider-Man. I didn't think Shang-Chi would get in just because I sometimes they don't nominate two from the same studio. They did. Um, I thought there was a chance Spider-Man could have also gotten in the sound, but I feel like visual effects is really kind of where they play their strengths. You know, not every movie is a Black Panther. In fact, only one movie is a Black Panther. Only one movie has been able to get like the Best Picture nomination and accolades. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's just good that they got nominations. And it's I think it's worthy. I honestly think the Shang-Chi visual effects are a little bit better than Spider-Man's. I think Spider-Man, the de-aging of Doc Ock is really good. Like that stuff is impressive. But like the actual final battle, you know, it's not like mind-blowing CGI technology, but it's, it's good. Uh, but the yeah. Shang-Chi, like the dragon design and the the ten rings themselves, like like I really like those mm-hmm. design aspects. So I think they're deserving. Honestly, I'm kind of butthurt that Eternals didn't get nominated in this category. I yeah. thought that was a stunningly film, stunningly made film. Yeah, yeah, Eternals shut out, and I think that just has to do with you know when films get bad word of mouth from critics, they're mm. less likely to be sought out by the Academy in general. Eternals is one. Matrix is another one that got zero nominations. When like if you watch that movie, whether or not you're on board with the story, like the visuals are amazing. Like them going through the mirrors and shit. Like the the mirrors turn like this like gelatin like thing. They can go through. Oh, I, I thought the visuals were mind blowing. So um, yeah, it's it's it is what it is. I mean, the Oscars it only is have five slots. Is. So. 
Um, but anyway, I mean, on my channel every year, we do the Pickle Awards, so they will be back this year. And I'll tell you, some Marvel movies are nominated, so uh, I'm excited to announce nice. those nominations soon. Kelsey will present an award, of course, because she has to. Um, I don't know what award Amazing. she'll present yet. Maybe she'll present two. Who knows? Uh, did you present one last, uh, two last time or just one? Just one. I presented mm. Best Kiss. Yeah, which is a great superlative. I mean, MTV Movie Awards, where are you at? Uh, the Oscars got to take, <laughs> take note of that. Um, and, yeah, and, this, and I can tell you there is a Marvel film nominated in that category. So you'll have to stay tuned and see what that is. I bet you all can guess, but uh, maybe not. Um, you have an idea? I don't okay. think so. Well, you'll find out when the nominations come out. Anyway, we're here to talk about Daredevil. <laughs> Kelsey, ease us into this. Uh, we, we left sure. off. Last week, I left off on episode six. I know you had already watched seven, so you kind of like gave us a little clue that stick was coming. But uh, yeah, a lot of different backstories and stuff in this next crop of episodes. So yeah, yeah. take it away, Kels. What do you got to say about this? Well, I gave a little bit of a summary for our first six episodes. So yeah. here's me giving a summary for our last seven. Mm -hmm. um, super broad, super general. As Matt gets closer and closer to closing in on Fisk, his personal relationships are threatened putting everyone he loves in danger. That's right. And I've got to say, first six episodes, I was kind of like, okay, like, like it's easing into it. I think yeah. now we finally got the groove of like what this is. And like, I know we were kind of texting about it. So I'm interested to see like your final thoughts having now finished this season. But uh, I think the season ended much better than it started. But yes. Kelsey, I'd like to hear your thoughts. No, that's exactly what I was going to say, Dill. I definitely yeah. think that out of the two halves, this is for sure the stronger half for yeah. sure. And then yeah. honestly, probably has a lot to do with the fact that I started paying attention more. <laughs> like for the first half, like, you know, I would get distracted. I would be like, you know, trying to take notes or doing something on my phone. I was like Googling a lot for like the first half, like just trying to yeah. like research this character and like get to know everything. But then mm -hmm. I would miss crucial points in the show. And I, right. I was doing a lot of rewatching, but this one, like I really just like allowed everything to like, be taken Absorbed. in and there's yeah. there's still a lot that i don't understand there's like a lot of antagonists i feel yeah. like in general well and that's the kind of the thing with the whole organized crime thing is that you've got like different little syndicates and little like kind of almost gangs within this giant you know overarching umbrella thing so like sure you've got like the the um, asian population of that and then you've got like the the other sides of things and, and, and the then there's, you know the russians are our group in that and then wilson fisk himself and then like the people he's connected to like the guy from shawshank redemption i can't remember his name but the old man who gets thrown into an elevator shaft which is very violent and again oh, we leland? Talked about the, <laughs> leland yes who is yeah. the warden with the warden in shawshank which is very exciting but um yeah like just very again the violence is just so yeah unfamiliar in terms of like mcu that it's just so refreshing and i hate to say that because it's brutal and like violence is not okay but like it's totally it's refreshing to see it and and it gets even gruesomer and gruesomer as it goes along but um yeah yeah good collection of episodes i think the action is just at its peak uh toward yeah. this end and peak yeah for sure and what i noticed a lot in in the last uh seven episodes that we watched especially in episode nine was that we were saying a lot last week that like it's very like gritty, but I also think that it has a lot to do with like the film quality itself. Like mm -hmm. the shots are very grainy. Like I was yeah. noticing this more. Like it it feels like almost like kind of film noir, dare I say. Ooh. You know? Like fancy. kind of you know, I got <laughs> yeah, no, I know, I know, I know some mean. things about movies. Oh, I know yeah. you're the movie buff, but oh, I dabble. I mean yeah i mean i'm the movie buff amongst our circle of friends but if you look on the youtube sphere we're, we're just getting started um we're no but yeah it, it, it has some very noir you know 
uh, sensibilities and, and yeah. characteristics and qualities. And it kind of plays in the idea that he is blind and like it, it is dark to him. His life is, you know, kind of in the voids of the darkness. Like that's yeah. the whole thing is he's the shadow. He's the devil of Hell's Kitchen. Um, and, and I like how they incorporate the city. We didn't really talk about it in the last episode, but I like how there's like this idea of time and place in all of this where like it does feel kind of like what we've been missing from a lot of the spider-man mcu stuff like this idea of the friendly neighborhood spider-man it's kind of like we feel like this is very much a territorial thing like this feels very um you know fitting for the environment it's in the violence itself just kind of fits the tone and atmosphere like everything all the locations you know it gives that sense of style to the tone of the the narrative it, it pairs really nicely with everything going on stylistically uh the locations and and shots and everything are, mm-hmm. are really really nice um totally. yeah like let, let's talk a little bit about just like some of the character arcs since now we've kind of gotten a concluded character arc and the one thing we were excited about in these first because we're not going to go episode by episode just because you know, there's so many episodes um but the one thing we were so excited about was cl- this claire relationship in mm-hmm. the first six episodes yeah and now she appears i think in only one of these seven episodes in the end yeah or six episodes and she doesn't do much and i i don't know the future of the series i don't know if she's a bigger character but we kind of talked last we left off they were in like this weird like state of like oh i i don't think we can be together but like we're still gonna work together but then the last seven episodes we just watched they don't really work together either like she makes one phone call i think at one point she 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 does stitch him up and stuff because when Mm -hmm. foggy and we'll get to that when foggy you know discovers matt all bruised and cut up like she she was there but we didn't see that and i, yeah. I just think that's so interesting because we were like i can't wait to see where this relationship goes because it already felt like it's full arc because that was its full arc um and any thoughts on that because we were really excited about her character it felt like a like a blue balls moment just like a damn like just no yeah off so quick a tease for sure honestly yeah. dill I was doing a lot of IMDBing while I watched the show, as I said, and it kind of ruined it for me because I did see that Rosario Dawson was only going to be in eight episodes. So I, so I don't think she's in it now for the rest of the series, Ooh, which okay. is, you know, a, a definitely it's a, a blow because, <laughs> yeah. you know, we, we love her character. We love Rosario. Like hmm. we were, we were excited for this to happen. Yeah. I mean, she's, it's, Mimi, she's, it's Mimi and Rent. Uh, how can yeah. you not be excited? It's Ahsoka exactly. Tano in Star Wars. I mean, I know that means something to you, but it, that's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> and plus, like, I feel like she added such an interesting perspective to the story being mm-hmm. the only person that knew his true identity at the time. Right. She knew who he was mm-hmm. during the day and at night and, and I just feel like, you know, now Foggy knows who he is. But, you yeah. know, that took that drove a real wench wrench wrench wrench, wench. <laughs> oh, wench. that drove a real wench in their in their uh, relationship. Yeah. English is hard sometimes. No, it's fine. Yeah, ominous. Um, yeah, but I, I, I think the Foggy moment and, and let's just go to that because that is. I think the peak of this series, I know a lot of people are saying like, Oh, it's the Kingpin. You know, it's when they finally see each other in the art museum as people. And then it's like, Oh, when they finally fight each other. And, mm-hmm. and then like when he's finally dared up, no, like to me, the like jaw dropping, like OMG moment was that moment where foggy does discover him because it's almost like when we were little watching Hannah Montana and there were like trailers for the episode where Oliver finds out. And it's like yeah, the, the yeah, trailer yeah. of her taking off the wig. And she's like, I'm Hannah Montana. She's got like a black bubblegum face. And yes. like, I, I, I remember that trailer. And I remember the hype and I can't imagine just watching this and being like, Oh shit, he's going to find out because yeah, you forget that she was the only person who knew. 
and and then we go through this whole backstory with them and we see them in college and uh, like mm-hmm. those scenes are my favorite because it's like yeah we're getting the character development and it's not all surrounded and sub- submerged in all this darkness it's like just them on their own as people just interacting and being friends and that helps us like them more because i you know i always liked foggy i always liked matt but together we finally get a sense of their bond and it makes it even more heartbreaking when you know foggy throws the thing in the trash and obviously we knew mm-hmm. it was going to get resolved because there's two more seasons of this thing right but- um, right. I find it interesting that people still don't know who he is and like it, we're only getting started with Daredevil and that's why it sucks that it's getting taken off Netflix because like I feel like we're just now getting Daredevil we had Matt mm-hmm. we got the guy in the black mask but now it's like now Daredevil's here and now like yeah. I want to keep going but alas yeah, we'll have totally. to wait but yeah episode 10 Nelson versus Murdoch is mm-hmm. the episode that we're talking about that was yeah. hands down my favorite out of Me the too. uh yeah. Mm-hmm. that we watched because really also good. there were there were so many other plot lines that like we were kind of figuring out like how did um you know yurik's character i finally learned how to pronounce his name how did yurik's character kind of like tie into this like what was the, the the other third party stuff and i think this episode did a good job in that you know bringing in the idea that they went to that nursing home and they end up running into wilson fisk's mom mm-hmm. and then there's also the story of you know wilson fisk's right hand guy wesley gets gets whacked and you know, there's the the stuff with Foggy going on. Like, I think like, there's so many things going on at once yeah. that it made this finale exciting because you were waiting to see it all kind of join together. It was like opposite yeah. Pangea. It was like we had seen everything and now we need it all to collide. Um, and I like that. And I like how it was only really just three main things instead of like what we saw with Hawkeye where it's like six different plot lines having to resolve in 30 minutes. It was like, no, we had a whole hour to resolve just like two big plot lines and bring them together. Um, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And one thing I do have to point out, Dill, something that I really, really appreciate with this show is that mm-hmm. Karen Page, she's just she's not a damsel in distress. She's no, not she's a girlfriend. Not. She's not a side character. She's a go-getter. She goes after. She's very much like involved as much as, you know, Matt is, as much as Foggy is. Like I just love how she's like really driving a lot mm-hmm. of like her own subplots along, you know. And now she's got a secret. And and I think that's gonna be something that's gonna be interesting to see how that kind of not grief, but that stress and like that secret looms on her and how it kind of eats her away. Cause already we're seeing it's, it's tough. Like when she talks to Matt and Matt knows, cause Matt knows yeah. Matt has a, yeah. feeling. he doesn't know what exactly happened, but he, she, he feels no, a yeah. sense of tone change and, and the heartbeat change. He can sense it. And it's interesting going to be see, to see how like that dynamic changes because she now is, has a big secret that she's dealing with. And, and we mm-hmm. see it happen right before uh, Yurik's funeral. And we see her break down at Yurik's funeral because she's also carrying that burden as well mm-hmm. of feeling responsible for his death, which is another big thing. I didn't expect that to happen. I'm sure IMDb spoiled yeah. that for you too. But, oh, uh, no, it didn't. Oh, okay, good. Uh, yeah, honestly, Dill, I was like, I was very impressed with how much this show like shocks, like shocked me and like really mm-hmm. kept me on my toes yeah. because there's just like between like the Karen Page moment, like the interrogation happening and like then Yurik's death and, and all that stuff. I was I literally wrote down I was like this this show takes an unexpected twist every now and then. And yeah. I, I really appreciate that. Like, yeah, I, how yeah. she how you think, you know, she's in this interrogation room. There's a gun on the table. There's a guy offering her, you know, he's like, I got a job for you. And it's like, okay, she's either going to do the double agent thing where she pretends to start working for Fisk. Maybe she turns on Foggy and, and Matt 
totally and then you know completely starts working for fisk but no complete 180 she picks up the gun yeah he's like did you actually think i would give you a loaded gun and she's like oh i don't know do you think i this is the first time i've really shot someone and then she killed him and i was yeah. like i was shocked. It's very it's very you know it could be the reverse psychology thing of okay the gun's empty i'm not gonna shoot it and and if it is empty, yeah. then you shoot it, and it's you know nothing happens. And because in, in most shows, that's what it is. It's they pull the trigger, but no bullet comes out, and they just right. kind of have that feeling of like, oh, okay, I almost did that, but this actually went off, and it's like, because oh, also it's a main character, and that's the thing is we don't know. I don't know at least from IMDb who's going to be in the the rest of the series. So like, I don't know who's yeah. going to get clipped at any minute. Um, yeah, Rosario is the only one that I knew. I don't okay, know good. the fate of anyone else. Okay, I good, promise. Good, good. <laughs> yeah, um, but I, I think also with the Yurik death, there's that moment where you don't even know King's, Kingpin's there. So he's just typing away and then you hear him and you're like, oh shit, Kingpin's there. And you think it's going to go one mm -hmm. way. You think he's going to kill him right away, but not. Nah, he doesn't. He kind of like has this heart to heart and you almost think he's going to get away with it. But then you see that exact turn where he's just like, I did not come here to threaten you. I came here to kill you. And then he just charges yeah. at him like a bull. And it, and it's like one of those moments where you're like, Oh yeah. crap. Like all these characters are vulnerable. And really, except for Matt, if Kingpin goes after you, you're going to die because he's just so much stronger than you. And he's yeah. calculated. And, and I think that's one thing too. He's not just strength. He's not the Hulk. He's not someone who's just big brute strength that could just beat you up at any minute. He is the sure. calculated brute where he plans everything three steps ahead so mm -hmm. when he sneaks up on you, you really can't defend yourself. And that's why it's tough. And that's why Matt has to face him twice to even face him a third time uh, or face him yeah. once, I guess. But I don't know. Um, that moment definitely shocked me, too. It kind of reminded me of like No Country for Old Men when like Javier Bardem's just sitting there with his gun in the, in the shadow. And he's like, I'm going to kill you. And he's just so calm and cool, collected about it. Um, but then Wilson takes, takes it to the next level. And it's just like goes to a hundred immediately and, and those scenes are violent they all they don't hold back and it's tough because then they yeah. pan pan over his face and it's just dead and he's just eyes are open and it's it's haunting i mean this yeah. is this really cemented wilson fisk as like the scary kingpin that i've been waiting for that mm -hmm. everyone said was scary and then people said oh wait hawkeye didn't make him out to be that scary like this is the one i think people were like expecting to see in hawkeye the one that they were kind of expecting just this whole time yeah. Speaking yeah. of Wilson Fisk, how mm. did you, what did you think of his whole episode, episode eight, his whole I was backstory? Say, if there was a second best episode, I, I think, well, was it, yes, Shadows in the Glass, episode eight. That yep. was my other favorite episode because, like, you have to understand. I think the best thing about these villains in the MCU, at least of late, like Killmonger and Loki, like, you really understand who they are as people. And mm -hmm. Kingpin, we weren't there yet. We were kind of getting a little bit of it with Vanessa, but now we finally get it with this episode where we see him kill his father and we see the emotional turmoil he went through with his father. But then we also kind of see how that made him worse, even though it was like a bittersweet thing. Like he was protecting his mother, but at the same time he was mm -hmm. creating this raging bull inside himself. I mean, mm -hmm. that, that was just a haunting episode. And, and the kid who yeah. played him was actually really good. Um, what what yeah. do you think of it? Honestly, from the first shot, I was like, okay, like we're getting like a nice Wilson like backstory mm -hmm. app. Like he's he's in his luxurious apartment. He's right. making himself breakfast. He has the same breakfast every morning. And then he picks through his collection of uh black to charcoal to dark gray uh suits and then yeah. all of a sudden he turns and it's just this harrowing image of like of a young boy with blood splattered all over his face and yeah. it, for a second i couldn't i couldn't decide whether or not this was a boy like maybe he had 
killed and now you know that has always haunted uh, him or if this was if just was a, a younger him. version of him it, yeah. as we know it turned out to be the younger version of him and i was just like yeah. okay so now the entire time i'm in the flashback i'm like so when does this kid end up with blood all over his face and it yeah. was when he he got revenge on Crazy. his father yeah like such yeah, good what an awful him. man his father was yeah. what yeah, an awful, awful awful human being awful man yeah and, and it and it just the whole relationship with his mother it, it, it almost you don't you never root for him but you kind of just mm-hmm. understand him and i think that's what's yeah. so important with a villain is understanding where he comes from because foggy kind of says it too he's like matt or what is what you're doing the right thing you know claire said it to him too she's like the reason i can't be with you is because you're the exact man the the one that you want to take down is exactly the type of man you're becoming and it's like there's that idea of like the mm. anti-hero thing that Matt himself is kind of dark and, and not doing the right thing, but doing a better thing. It's like the lesser of two evils thing. Um, especially sure. when you have all this backstory with Wilson, it really helps just kind of paint that picture too, of where they're both just like, they're both troubled in their own ways. And, and just one goes about it much better, obviously, but uh, yeah, to see them finally come together. And the first meeting they have is in person at the art museum. It's not as Kingpin and Daredevil. It's yeah. Wilson, and, Wilson and Matt, which I think yeah. is even more intriguing because like they don't know well matt knows who he is but he doesn't know who matt is and it's it's very interesting to see how he carries himself one way versus the other um that was a very interesting moment at the art museum Uh she was like well why don't you ask him uh yourself and i was like there's no way they're gonna meet and like hang out right now there's just no way and then it happened and it was just one of those great moments where i'm like Mm -hmm. this tv show it's done it again it's 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 really turned the tables on me it's like it's like in spider-man i i always bring it back to the Raimi spider-man films because they're the ones i have memorized front to back but it's like at at thanksgiving (laughs) when when green goblin norman osborne is at thanksgiving with peter and peter has that Mm. it's like they're they're interacting and they don't know but then he has that scar and he's like it was a bicycle accident there's this like one exchange it's a little moment where they kind of understand that like they are who they are and and, yeah it's so good just like seeing them in their everyday life like i I love that stuff like where it's very clear who they are to the audience but they don't know each other it's it's so good yeah or in homecoming when uh peter meets adrian too 100 100 yeah And, and that's why i think that's the strongest point of the movie and I don't mm-hmm. love that movie. I've gone on record mm-hmm. saying I think it's I one know. of the weaker movies, but I love that moment because it, it is menacing. And and Michael Keaton plays it. I, I, I think it's all up to the actor also to play it cool and play it yes. like, like you're a guy in public, like the camera's always watching. And that's what Vincent D'Onofrio does so well here too is because he's very good at transitioning between the the kind of the Wizard of Oz thing, the man behind the curtain and then the man in front of it. And the man in front of the curtain is very different. He, the guy you see on TV is not the guy behind the curtain, not the one in the shadows. Um, and, and that is just so, so compelling. Um, a great, yeah. Just a great villain performance. I mean, these performances across the board are really good, uh, especially yeah. Charlie, Charlie Cox and, and Vincent D'Onofrio. There's a reason they bring them back into the MCU now. There's a reason they're here. It's right. because they're, they're right. very, very good. Yeah. How exciting for them, just like as <laughs> actors, to be yeah. like, Hey, want to do this mm-hmm. thing again? Mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh, let me dust off the cobwebs. Yeah. Sure, yeah. I'll do it. Yeah. Anything it, else? Dil- I mean, did, it, yeah. <laughs> it took me until epi- it took me until the last episode, which is the highest rated out mm. of this season, according to IMDb. In case you're curious. Um, but I did write. I kind of hate Fisk, but I guess that's kind of the point. <laughs> well, I'm but glad like, you do. That's good. I think. <laughs> I was just getting so irritated and fed up mm-hmm. with him at that point. I was like, ah. Oh. And then I also wrote before that, I was like, Wilson Fisk is kind of like Michael Myers, where in a sense, we're like, nothing can like kill him. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's almost more haunting than Michael Myers because it's not supernatural. Like, like, and I think yeah. Michael Myers that that was kind of the thing at first before the thousand Halloween sequels sequels came out. Right. But it was like the fact that he's just man and he's not. Yeah. You know, he's not anything but that but yet he can still bounce back he can fall off a three-story house and get right back up and walk away you know um or get burned alive in a house or beat to death or stabbed to death or baseball batted to death and still be alive for another halloween movie and it's like what (laughs) how yeah um but yeah no that's a great point he is like that but i think there's almost something even scarier in the fact that he is just so menacing his presence is so towering too and he mm-hmm. has that that ability to shift into the politician, like really like good guy trying to save the city mode that masks ever that puts on a mask for everyone else. Uh, and sure. I like that idea that Wilson's been wearing a mask without having to wear a mask, and that's that's just haunting as well. Um, yeah. Any any other thoughts? I mean, this is yeah. So, what so happened to our foggy Karen romance? I was wondering the same thing because almost like I kind of felt like there were some underlying things with Karen and Matt toward the end. And I was like, wait a sec. Yeah, I, I felt I that know. too, Dill. I felt now that Foggy's too. back with his ex-girlfriend, but also she didn't get a real amount of character growth to where like, I don't care about that relationship. I thought it was just him resorting to his old ways without yeah. Matt and showing that without Matt, he's worse off. But then at the end, he's like, no, I think I'm going to like stay with her. And I, very weird. I, I almost feel like the mm-hmm. first three or four episodes were like a pilot for the show that like once they hit the ground running, they were like, okay, now let's like make the show we want to make because like there were some things that earlier on the like Claire, like the romance between Karen and Foggy that, that just kind of fizzled out that don't mount. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. It was very weird. I feel like I literally, I put on that episode where he just, he's like waking up in like her bed and mm-hmm. I was like, wait, wait, when did this happen? When did they even start speaking again? I thought he hated her. Well, and, I think that was in response to the Matt thing. He was just like, I'm pissed off. I'm going to get really drunk and just sleep with this ex that I know is toxic. I think that was what I was, okay. was trying to say. But then again, it was like, you know, I, I agree. It was like after that, they were still kind of talking. And then like they tried to give her some redemption. I was like, we barely know you. And yeah, that but was then weird. That was weird. I felt like it was more he was really going to her for like, you know, work things and like trying mm-hmm. to get, you know, the lowdown on like mm-hmm. Wilson's trial and, yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, so maybe honestly she might be a good person to you know keep in contact with keep in touch because yeah. if she's gonna be on the inside of everything but i like that foggy romance and i, I just no i, I did too. I, I, I almost i did too ho- hope, i almost hope it wasn't like a like joking about like oh we're on our date like i really did think they had good chemistry but yeah i yeah, agree I especially if claire's going away I, are they gonna try to do the karen and matt thing i don't know is there gonna be someone else introduced into the equation is jessica jones a future love interest hopefully we'll find out if they put this thing on hulu or disney plus i don't know yeah maybe we'll have to stay tuned although in the comic books matt Sorry. and karen are together so matt and karen okay yeah interesting. they're they're well, together I mean, in like college yeah well huh, that's interesting because they don't know each other till later i mean obviously but, it takes some liberties from the comics but yeah, yeah that's yeah, interesting. Sure. i don't know hmm. but i don't know maybe they'll go the comic book route and try to get speaking of that do you have any do you have any info around. on like comic stuff anything that you noticed or nothing nothing new from last week i do want to i do want to spend a second talking about stick though i want to know what you thought of the character of stick yeah it was interesting because it almost kind of felt like it's one uh, like another one-off kind of side thing but it helps kind of establish who matt is and that character and yeah um yeah it was an interesting little side character i like him in that small dosage though like i like how we only kind of saw him once because we didn't need a ton of that backstory but it it was an interesting relationship i mean it was a little while ago that i watched it but yeah i I remember really liking it What, what are your thoughts no, yeah, it was definitely interesting to like see, 
Because, you know, he's so talented with, like, combat and everything. I was, you mm-hmm. know, the first six episodes, I'm going, well, how the f*** did you learn how to do all this? Yeah, it's like in Hawkeye. It's like, how did Maya learn how to do all this? She's deaf and she has a prosthetic leg. It's like, how no, did you yeah, learn to for be sure. so resilient? Oh, yeah. What a, oh. what a sweet episode. Oh, I'm, I miss that <laughs> show. Maybe I'll rewatch. Episode. That's the episode where her father gets brutally murdered. <laughs> I know, no, I'm but kidding, it, really, kidding, it really, it really makes her become who she, who she is, you know. Right. Yeah. No, I, I, I get it. Thick skin. Yeah, I, but, I like uh, how they they kind of tied in, you know, like d- disability into this too, and, and and making that kind of a topic yeah. conversation, especially with like Foggy and trying to understand like you can your heightened senses, but you're still blind, and just like kind of asking those questions because it does almost feel like a betrayal, but it's also like Matt's like, well, that's just me. Like I'm not gonna straight out tell you. The minute I met you, like, hey, I had this accident that now I have heightened senses and I'm deaf and all, like, and blind and all this stuff. It's like, no, like, that's just not natural. And I like to see both sides of that because it, it's honestly a real life argument you would have. This was the scenario, you know, if you yeah. just met someone and just kind of had to lie to them, but not really lie to them, just kind of not tell them the truth. There's a difference, I think, between lying and just ugh, withholding information. And it's a weird line to toe, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. A gray area. There were some uh, quotes that I wrote down from the stick episode that just made me chuckle because I was like, this this guy's funny. Yeah. And I think I really like the character of sick. I mean, he kind of did like do Matt a little dirty, especially in, in his youth when he was just, you know, a child. But, you know, it really helped build his character and like build who who he is today. So uh, I wrote down. Uh, stick left me boohoo I'll dry my sorrows between the legs of a supermodel <laughs> that was a quote from stick stick said wow. that in the episode stick, um, what a guy. and this is a conversation between uh, Matt and stick Matt says I've learned a lot since you've been gone stick like what you're a dick <laughs> it's just like very like that. quick they're like just yeah. very like to the point like it's yeah, just I, very like punchy and witty yeah, and, I, and I like, like it a lot father. he's like kind of a father figure but he's like yeah kind of like the cool uncle where it's like you can still get away with saying shit like that yeah yeah because I, they... but i do like the moment where they bond over like the ice cream and he's like the the dairy was left out for like three days and there's like you know this aroma this there's dust yeah. from the hand of the guy who served you the ice cream like like all those little details i'm like oh, that's interesting just like you, yeah you know talking about things and, and learning how to explore sensory things without more your senses you know yeah, and they, they even said said in the episode, like, Stick was like, I was looking for a soldier, but you were looking for a father. And, like, mm-hmm. that's why our relationship yeah. didn't work out. And it's such an interesting, like, take on, on the kind of mentor figure. Because if you right. look at, like, Tony and Peter's relationship, it's like mm-hmm. Tony was trying desperately to be a father figure. Like, right. he wanted that for Peter and for himself to have that sort of mm-hmm. relationship. And that's what Stick did absolutely did not want for him and matt he wanted a warrior a soldier a trained assassin yeah much he's much more like a thanos a thanos and gabora type of situation there you go yeah i I like how kind of like the stick stuff and then the the matt college stuff with foggy and like the wilson fist backstory it wasn't just like backstory 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 it was like every few episodes then we get like a little bit of backstory because we need that backstory and i think that yeah this is where like a show at this length does such a good job that some movies just can't do because you only have so much time. And that's why origin story movies don't come across as well as these series because the series have more time to kind of just, you know, let the backstory unfold. And I just really, I like that aspect. The fact that, um, 
you know, we got backstory dispersely, but we still got enough of it to like make it resonate and actually make sense. And I like how we didn't get it all at the beginning. So we kind of like new chapters kind of surprise us as it went along, uh, which mm-hmm. I like for every series. Yeah. I wrote down, I wrote down another quote uh, yeah. from episode nine. It's when mm-hmm. uh, Foggy finally finds out like Matt's identity and, and who Daredevil is when he's in his apartment. He's like, you know, he, he kind of enters cause he's like, Oh, like Matt, I, I heard a thud and he says, not the fun, sexy kind, but more of the fallen and I can't get up variety, but he's still kind of <laughs> scared. He just, yeah. he delivered that line so well. I was like, that's funny. And they yeah. do such a good job of like having such a gory, gritty, grainy show, but then also mm-hmm. having these like very nicely like integrated moments of comedy mm-hmm. and, and of humor. Yeah. And it's not it's like a nice balance. I, and I don't want to diss on the MCU because we obviously podcast about it a lot, but it's not mm-hmm. like where, where it feels like you're really going for the audience laugh. It's not, it's like they're just in their conversations. Maybe it's a funny line, but it's not going to be like a laugh out loud, like to type yeah. line. It's like more this underlying thing that just like, it almost makes you chuckle. And I think that that fits with this story. You know, you can't have a story like this where every line is a laugh out line, loud line. Otherwise it kind of just diminishes everything else. And that's kind of one of the issues I had with having Kingpin and Hawkeye is that the, the tone sure. of the show just felt overall a little lighter. So when you get into the heavy things, like the grief over black widow, and then you get to the stuff with Kingpin mm. and stuff like that feels like it should be a lot darker, but it isn't because everything else is like, Oh, we're singing Christmas carols and the dog likes pizza and you know, and it's great. <laughs> And it's great, but it's like there's almost yeah. so many different shows going on in that where it's like I wish it was just I wish the Echo show was where you bring Hawkeye in and have that be the darker show and have like the Kate Bishop stuff. You can make that the Black Widow grief thing and then you bring in Yelena and like it, that's your deepness, but it's still overall mostly a comedy. Like I wish almost like that was the case. But again, like they only have six episodes there was here. It was 13 and, and we're going to see 26 more episodes someday, depending on what <laughs> streaming service it ends up on. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm a fan. I, I like this show. I think early on I wasn't hooked, but I did like it. Because I know you texted me, and at the point you texted me, you were like, I just don't know if I'm feeling this. And I was yeah. honestly agreeing with you because I was still halfway through, and I was like, I just don't know. I don't get the hype yet. Because I think there's a difference yeah. between liking it and then getting the hype. Because the hype for the show is like up at the rooftop. Yeah, so everyone says that this is the best one out of all the ones on Netflix. People say it's better than anything the MCU's done. Like, like people really live and breathe by this. Sh- like, like, this is their show. Like, this is their Marvel and it's mm. interesting because like I wasn't getting the vibe, but now like as it's gone on, I'm like, yeah, no, this is a badass show. And it's so distinctly different that I'm like, yeah, okay, I get it. I get the hype, but I'm still not like hundred percent, like 10 out of 10 yet. Like I'm still at like a seven or eight, but like, I think it's only going to get better from here, especially since Fisk is locked up and I know he comes back later. I know he's not done, but like mm-hmm. he's locked up. So now we can kind of like explore something else for a season and yeah. then maybe get him back later. I don't know exactly totally. what, what the ins and outs are but uh, any predictions for what's going to happen I-, I love how we can make predictions since people have already watched the show even though we haven't so we're making predictions that people yeah. don't know what's coming but I-, I know i know we're getting punisher in the next season i know i remember that as the punisher season but i don't know what okay. that entails um so what is your pre- any predictions on what's going to happen well dill the most exciting thing that happened in the last episode was that we finally got our outfit our yes, costume our uniform you love a good costume reveal i know another thing i hate to compare it but hawkeye you were not pleased with the costume reveal but do you because like this costume reveal are you a fan i i did like the costume reveal a nice. lot i i literally <laughs> wrote down i said we, he got his outfit damn that's what i wrote <laughs> next to it so yeah i think i'm just for season two depending on you know when we watch yeah. it we will we watch, watch it. it we will watch it eventually even if it means that we have to like go to like 
some other country and get a pirated bootleg of it like we will get it um and we will podcast yeah. about it it's just it might not be for a while because we're going to try to do it the legal way um i'm assuming it has to end up somewhere whether it's hulu or disney plus or even if they just drop a dvd of it like i'll buy it and we'll watch it together like it's it will we'll find a way to podcast about it yeah uh, but it won't it won't be next week or in the next few weeks we have stuff lined up for that Honestly, Dill, what I really liked about the first half of the first season was mm-hmm. like it kind of like it almost felt like an episodic show where like an like a Criminal Minds, a Law and Order, SVU, like mm-hmm. th- those kind of like police, law enforcement, right. what have you, episodics, and that's what I'm I'm looking forward to in season two. I feel like it's more of those kind of storylines that maybe do get resolved in like by the end of the 40 minutes or, or whatever it is. And then maybe there's one overarching thing that is happening in the background all season Mm -hmm. kind of uh, story, because now that he's got his suit, his best friend knows his identity. I feel like we can get more into like him just like being the neighborhood daredevil, if you will. (laughs) Right. I, I think we're going to see a lot about Karen also. I, I think it's going to be a big Karen focused thing, both with her, them trying to conceal his mm. identity to her, but on also like have her go through the turmoil of having killed someone, um, act right. like legitimately killed someone and not just been accused for it. But like, I'm really excited to see that because I think that's going to add an extra dimension. And will she be betrayed when she finds out? Will she be more involved when she finds out? Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming she'd be less betrayed than foggy, but still like, yeah betrayed in the fact that they that like foggy didn't tell her and, and i don't know if that's gonna that romance is gonna happen or not but i'm interested to see what happens with her character especially now that i guess claire's just non-existent you know you had two really great female characters and now you get rid of one it's like come on mm. um but sure yeah. yeah i don't know honestly i feel like when i feel like she's gonna have to find out like eventually so whenever well, karen yeah, yeah. does end up finding out his true identity i think she's honestly gonna be kind of stoked I feel like mm. she's just been like, oh my God, really? First of I've, all, thank you for saving my life. Second of all, oh my God, this is great now. I'm going to be your guy in the chair kind of thing. I have a bold prediction. And it's, okay. it goes back to Spider-Man. I think she might have the MJ Spider-Man kiss in the rain moment where she like falls in love with Daredevil, but doesn't know it's Matt. And I, I have a prediction love that. that she's going to like, like be like entranced by this Daredevil guy. And like, she's going to get saved by him and mm. fall in love with him. And then when she finds out it's Matt, it's going to make this like big awkward thing. And that's where yeah, we get our yeah, romance yeah. here. And then I, and I don't know, because if they're not going the foggy route, like that's, that's what I would do. But again, I don't know. And, and I'm waiting to be so wrong about it, but that's what no, I would but do. But I would love that of, though. If we're going to get rid of both of the great romances from the first six episodes and just squash them, then you might as well do this. Uh, another but, great romance, the Vanessa romance, which we haven't really talked about, but you know, oh, that's yeah. an interesting element too. I thought they were going to kill her. I thought they were flat out going to kill her just because of what we've seen when into the Spider-Verse, but I don't know. No. Yeah. I mean, I I don't foresee her lasting very long. I feel yeah. like that's gonna be his like you know. Yeah, and with the, him not not the around twist. for the next season, I don't think they're gonna keep her around much. Um, unless she does kind of come into this like you got my you got my guy taken away. I'm now gonna take matters into my own hands, and then maybe she becomes a supervillain. I don't know. Oh, maybe. I, I want to pitch the show to Netflix, even though it's already <laughs> done two more seasons. <laughs> Here's um, what I will say yeah. though, Dill. I the only aspect of his outfit, his suit that I don't like is that he has eye holes. Oh, I thought you were gonna say the horns. Yeah, what? what no, about no, that? no. Yeah. The the horns I don't mind. I mean, I for sure. Do, I mean, like we always like to see like everything about a suit have a purpose, yeah. and like the horns, like definitely are for an aesthetic for you know the creative thing. purposes, whatever. But I, I think but the eye holes though is gonna I, help him 
not come across because if you, the thing is if, if he has eye holes no one's gonna think he's blind and that's just, true just but you, if, I, if they know he's blind they're gonna try to take advantage of that anyway keep going, keep going keep going well i thought that it was cool when he had his little like hoodie over his eyes because mm-hmm. it added this extra element of like oh this guy has a blindfold on i could take him mm-hmm. out easily and then boom he does karate oh, and all this stuff so, they so they're not expecting it, it. Okay. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, that's a good point. And it was just at mm. it just made him look cooler, I think. No. But also I, I if he's if he's blind, people could come to the conclusion that it that he may or may not be Matt Murdock. Right. Yeah. <laughs> because point. Matt Murdock is the only blind person in Hell's Kitchen. Well, he's the only blind person we've seen, right? Oh, well, stick. Sorry. Well, no, <laughs> that factory of right. drug yes, you're right. makers. You're right. You're right. You're right. No, which I completely funny. forgot about. I, he followed the that. There's so many things going on. Yeah. There's oh. so many layers. Light, he followed that light, woman light. in the car to the to the yeah. cocaine factory or whatever they're yeah. selling. I uh, genuinely again, don't know. A lot, a lot of shit going on, and and that's what's great about the show is there is a lot going on. But I feel like because you have 13 episodes rather than six, you have time to like let it all breathe. Like there were almost times where I was like, all right, we can we can go, we can go. Um, where some of these Marvel shows, MCU shows, I'm like, halt, halt a little bit. Like, like give us some time, which is why I think WandaVision is one of the more successful ones because it's nine episodes. Some yeah. of the other ones are six, but um, that's just the nature of it. That's what, you know, that's just the economy. Um, any last thoughts <laughs> before we put this one to bed until the, 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 they end up streaming somewhere else? I, I mean, what bad timing? Uh, anyway. <laughs> Jill, I have a very important question for you. Okay. I have a, hopefully have an answer. How do you think this compares to the shows we watch on Disney Plus? You like it better? You like it worse? I think it has a more distinct vision. No pun intended to WandaVision, but like <laughs> a more like it feels so distinctly its own thing, which I think is something that I like. I like, you know, I've, I've said I like Eternals for that reason. I like WandaVision mm-hmm. for that reason, um, or at least a lot of parts of WandaVision for that reason. Um, and Loki, for, you know, I, I think I like shows that are just different. So I like that aspect. I think the actual like, cohesion between storylines there are some storylines that just kind of like like i said tampered off that like i didn't love like it almost could have just been a little tighter but i think the performances mm-hmm. are great i it's hard to rank them because they're also so different tonally but um yeah. i say this is definitely like upper tier maybe not top tier but like this is like definitely above like like i like this more than hawkeye i like this more than falcon and winter soldier i like this more than like maybe even a little more than loki a little bit i, I don't know See, it's it's hard. It's just so hard to compare them. But like, I, I'm I'm liking yeah. it, and I, and I think if Moon Knight does go in this darker direction, like I can see Moon Knight being very similar. Where it's like, this is just so cool aesthetically that I can forgive some of the narrative choices, even though the narrative choices are good. It's just like some storylines feel like they're gypped, cut off a little too soon, um, mm. and not fulfilled, um, just because there's so many things going on. Um, and I think this is also one of those things where I think I've heard season two and three are just better. And if this is the worst season and it's this good, I think that's a good thing for the show. Um, yeah, I don't know. What, what about what do you think? What do you think? Do you think it stacks up? I I agree with everything you said. I yeah, I definitely think that it 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 definitely stacks up to what we what we watch on Disney Plus. Cool. Just the yeah. MCU is like I know you don't like this aspect of the MCU and how everything fi- figures out a way to be connected to either yeah. past or future projects but because of that fact the the attention to detail like everything gets right. flushed out like yeah, there's a not a moment that isn't super purposeful you know right. a shot that isn't purposeful a, yeah. a piece of you know a line that said that isn't like purposeful this one you in can get up and go pee and come back and you'll probably yeah. be okay 
Um, yeah. It's like those ones you want to really cling on to every detail. And, I, I, and that's fair. And I think that's you why know? like I, I really like the MCU also is because it's all connected. But there's a point where it's like, if I'm judging this as an individual piece of art, is a totally different way of judging it than in the realm of everything else. Because if you're judging it in the realm of everything else, I think MCU is one of the most efficient and successful franchises ever. But if you're looking at like something to be nominated for like a best picture, when like my mom was saying, where she hadn't seen the first two Tom Holland movies, so she didn't care about Aunt May. And you have to kind of think about that. Like, Oh yeah. you kind of forget that. Like you need so much context. Whereas here it was nice. Mm-hmm. I didn't need the context, but I, I think that's just where it's like, it depends on what you're judging it as. Are you judging it as its own thing? Or are you judging it in the context of the series? Cause I think they are two different things. And I think most MCU stuff in the context of the series is really strong and on its own, sometimes not as much, sometimes even more so like in Eternals. I think it's better on its own than it is in the context of the series. Whereas I think Hawkeye is better in the context of everything else than it is on its own. So I, I really think it's an interesting debate. You know, it's an interesting mm-hmm. outlook either, either way. Whatever and you, what you, I will you, say about, daredevil is that i like the fact that it doesn't feel the need and it doesn't have to be family friendly like it's mm-hmm. very much mature it's for mature yeah. audiences it's for adult fans yeah. like it's yeah. you know all those things where it's like any aspect of the mcu whether it's a tv show a new movie what have mm-hmm. you it's going to have to be that like kind of family friendlier yeah. aspect unless That's they start true. doing r rated things you know which we, we don't know we are rumored to be getting that when deadpool 3 comes out but i don't know and and you know deadpool 3 is going to be a really interesting one because they're going to have to introduce uh, it like kind of bring up the topic of the fact that they were bought out by disney um right that's gonna be be Um, like the first it's like wow wait walt disney bought us like that's gonna be like so you're wondering why i'm here well (laughs) i am too like it's not (laughs) yeah yeah totally the mouse found his way to our little nook and cranny of the world no like i i I'm worried only because I saw that once upon a Deadpool thing that they did for Christmas where they did a PG 13 version of Deadpool two. It was one of the most boring things in the world. Cause you realize how boring it is without seeing any blood and guts or hearing any cursing. You realize yeah. how stale it is. And that's not really a, a, anything bad to say about Deadpool because that's not what Deadpool is. And it was just yeah. kind of like, why would you even do that? <laughs> like if you just want to make a PG 13 version, make something else, <laughs> like just make another quippy superhero. Do like free guy, free guy, if you, if you want to do a, a PG-13 Deadpool, just watch Free Guy. You know, you, you know you're know you getting Ryan Reynolds doing quips, but it's family friendly. Like, do, yeah. don't try to fuck with Deadpool. It's like, you know, don't don't make, I know there's dietary restrictions, but like, I don't, you know, sugarless cakes or whatever. I'm like, just don't <laughs> eat a biscuit. <laughs> like, if you're going to you have, have a cake, if you have, have the means, sugar. eat the cake. <laughs> yeah, it's... <laughs> yeah like i want extra sugar in my cake actually yeah if i'm going to like get a latte i'm gonna put some sugar and caramel in it if i don't (laughs) want that then i'm just gonna order a tea um i don't Mm -hmm. know i'm trying to make comparisons of metaphors it's been no i'm following i'm I'm following uh, well we're both at the same point i'm acting like we're on different coasts but um you know it's midnight where we're at so we're tired but um any last thoughts on daredevil i almost said deadpool uh no no. Those were all my so thoughts. So we will we will be back with season two. Who knows when? Because Disney said, uh, or Marvel said, nope, no more Netflix. Um, so uh, still watch Daredevil if you want to keep going. You still have about two weeks to do it. We unfortunately are going to be pivoting to something else. I mean, not unfortunately. It's fortunate for y'all if you like listening to us. We are going to do something else. Uh, but unfortunate that we have to like break up the Deadpool watching here, or sorry, Daredevil watching. But Daredevil, we will talk about it once those seasons go to either Hulu or Disney Plus. But next week. 
we are back with Avengers Movie Club. And this Avengers Movie Club, what we do is we take an actor from the MCU, typically an Avenger. That's why it's called Avengers Movie Club. And we look at three of their movies outside of the MCU. And we just kind of look at their body of work because they are not just pigeonholed to one studio or one franchise. They do other things. And one actor has been in the limelight because there's a rumor he might be hosting the Oscars. There's a rumor he is in the highest. Well, this is not a rumor, but he is in the highest grossing movie of the year last year. He is Mr. Tom Holland. He also has a new movie coming out this weekend which is uncharted which is why we did this because we wanted to see uncharted and i just i'm not an uncharted expert in terms of the video game so i feel like doing mm. my own review for my channel would not suffice so i figured mm. why not rope this into a movie club and we could talk about it together and just our first impressions so we will be talking about uncharted we'll be talking about two of his other movies the impossible from 2011 or 2012 it might be 2013 but uh baby tom holland he's a little kid in it it is a really good movie about a tsunami in thailand that basically wipes out this resort when this australian family is staying there or british family i forget what it is but um this family's staying there do you remember the original family that it's based on i think they were from spain Maybe, but anyway, it's uh, his Tom Holland's family is like separated because of the tsunami. It's about them trying to get back together and like not succumb to their wounds and die in this tragic, you know, tsunami event. It's a really great disaster film. I can't wait to talk about it. The second film we'll be watching is Cherry, which is actually directed by the Russo brothers. So we're seeing Russo brothers team up once again, right? Is it the Russo brothers? Yes, yes, it is. Team up with Tom Holland. It's a little bit long, and I have not seen it, but I've heard very mixed things. I'm very excited (laughs) to talk about it. Uh, Yeah, we could have a very good or bad reaction. I'm I'm thinking it might be more negative, but I don't know. Uh, And then Uncharted, which is coming out this weekend. So go check it out in theaters uh we will do spoilers for it so we will warn you when we get there but uh it's the newest movie with mark Wahlberg based on the video game uncharted so uh three great movies there are other ones we to- toyed around with that you can watch also just as for fun to watch more tom holland onward on disney plus great animated film with him in it uh the devil all the time which is a movie on netflix with him in it uh a lot of great movies lost city of z there, there's all these movies that he's done that like it's hard to pick three but uh we're picking those three chaos walking which kelsey was not a fan of um that i still have not seen that i might still watch for this just to be like in the conversation but um (laughs) those three movies the impossible cherry and uncharted we will be talking about next week for avengers movie club tom holland edition and then the week after we have more trivia coming for you we have a double header so Kelsey just won the belt match for the first ever Marvel tournament. She is the champ. So we need now people to fight their way to face her. We need people with good enough records to face her. There are two people now with an 0-1 record that want to fix it. One of them is J.D. Domash. He lost the first match to Kelsey. He was the runner-up. He came in second place. And he challenged Chad, who was helping me call the match. So we're going to see J.D. face off against Chad uh, in two weeks uh, on Marvelous Movie Mondays for uh, their first win. J.D.'s looking to get a 1-1 record. Chad's looking to get one one and oh uh start off his season undefeated uh the winner will probably face another component later down the line uh opponent not component <laughs> and, and then we're also going to have two newcomers stacy and uh cory two of my good friends who uh are in the movie discord stratosphere uh they talk a lot about movies and they wanted to just have fun they're there to just have fun uh jd and chad are there a little bit more for the competition side of it but either way it's going to be fun we're doing a double header because it's always fun two is always better than one uh so we're gonna have two matches they will both air on the 28th which is the last day of the month and then we'll be done february and we'll be in march we'll figure out something to do in march and at the end of march we'll be in moon night and then we'll be back to our regular scheduled programming uh kelsey where can they find you any last words before we head into tom holland slash trivia verse 
Amazing. Uh, you can find me on uh, Instagram, Kelsey A. Kilpatrick. You could That's follow right. me on TikTok at Cause13, K-O-Z-13. Or you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, Cause Productions. Fun stuff coming bi-weekly. Bi-weekly. Uh, you can find me at Dylan <laughs> underscore Randazzo on Twitter. You can find me at the Dill Pickle Movie Network here. If you're watching on video, thank you so much. If you're listening on audio, please subscribe to the video version on YouTube. The more subscribers, the more our podcast and channel gets out there, the more you guys can enjoy our stuff uh, more often. Um, not just Marvel, but other stuff. Like I said, the Pickle Awards, Kelsey will be presenting an award there. Uh, that's a fun thing we do every year to honor our favorite movie or my favorite movies of the year. And you guys all, all uh, get a chance to vote on those um doing a lot of stuff on oscar coverage thank you so much for all the people who watched my oscar reaction nomination reaction video because it blew it blew up and it is uh, i was actually on twitter i was part of a compilation that someone put together of all the people who were freaking out over kristen stewart getting nominated because she was not supposed to get nominated for spencer she was supposed to get snubbed because she got snubbed in every other award show but then she ended up getting the oscar nomination so there's a compilation and someone chose my video to be part of that 20 or so compilation i was very happy to see it but oh nice uh, thank, thank you for watching everyone for, for that uh I will bring more reaction videos to things. I think re people love reaction videos and I'm not yeah. very good at them, but when I commit, I, I try to amp it up a little bit. So no, but uh, I watched that one deal more of those, but yeah, uh, you can find me at Dylan Redazzo 417 on TikTok, also where I put uh, a little snippet of those reactions. I'm going to start putting more of like our stuff and mine and Chad and mine and Matt, like all our other shows and reviews and stuff on TikTok because I think that's a good way to gain traction to the channel as well. Uh, so if you follow us there, uh, follow us on the YouTube, on the podcast. Thank you so much. Leave us a five-star review if you think we are worthy of it. Um, that's all I can think of right now. Um, otherwise, we will see you next week for the Tom Holland Movie Club where we will be watching uh, The Impossible from 2013. I believe I got the right year. I don't know. Uh, the Impossible from 2013. Cherry from 2012. It's a 2012. I Googled 2012. it. Damn. Mm. Uh, the, the Impossible, Cherry, and of course, uh, Uncharted, which is coming out this weekend, which I can't wait to see with Maki Mock Wahlberg. And maybe we'll watch Ted just for funsies as well. Everyone, see you next time. Have a good Monday. Hope you enjoyed your Super Bowl. Happy Valentine's Day. And to all you single people like me, happy Valentine's Day to you as well. We are not forgetting about you. Uh, yeah, Kelsey's holding up the heart. Uh, there we go. All right. Peace out, people. Bye.